0: So Money Episode 1093, Yumna Jawad, creator of Feel Good Foodie.
1: You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. I spend like six figures on my business some years. like This year, I probably spent maybe close to six figures and just expenses and just creating videos, building a website, paying people to help me, computer expenses, all things like that. So... It's important to spend money to make money, but you have to just realize how to spend it.
0: What does it take to be a food blogger and influencer on Instagram with over 2 million followers, including me? Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Like many of you, I've been spending a lot of time in the kitchen over these past six months and have been discovering some fantastic food bloggers and leaders in this space. My favorite is here today. Yumna Jawad is the founder of Feel Good Foodie. It's a blog dedicated to sharing modern health ish recipes with feel-good ingredients. Yumna has a business degree from the University of Michigan and a background in marketing and branding. She began microblogging on Instagram in July 2013, and since then, she's earned over 2 million followers. Her website houses hundreds of recipes with a focus on healthy Mediterranean food. She's been featured in Parade, Yahoo, Food Network Magazine, Good Housekeeping, and Live with Kelly and Ryan. I'm obsessed with her recipes. She's been feeding our family of four for many months now and in the future. And I so thank Yumna for her candidness on this episode, one of her first podcasts where she reveals what it takes to run a food blogging empire, who she's looking to hire if you're looking for a good job, and some of the megawatt deals that she says no to and why. Here's Yumna Jawad. Yumna Jawad, welcome to So Money. I'm so excited. This is a pretty big day for me. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. I'm beside myself. You know, since quarantine, I would say since March, I've been doing a lot more cooking. I would say out of necessity, but now I really enjoy it. And I have become that person who latches on to her favorite food bloggers. You are at the top of the list. I swear you are helping me keep my family fed. (laughs) (laughs) These last six months, you've given me such great recipes. And I think I first learned about you watching Live with Kelly and Ryan. I just love your approach. I love your personal story. You're a mom. It's one of the great privileges of being a podcast host. You can invite some of your favorite people on.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And it's so interesting that during this quarantine, I was able to just to connect with so many new people and new faces and be in some new kitchens (laughs) that I wasn't in before. So I'm really also just um, honored. Thank you.
0: Yes. And listeners, you want Yumna in your kitchen, but we can't physically have you in our (laughs) kitchen. So the next best thing is to follow you on Instagram and your blog at feelgoodfoodie. And maybe it's only been a few years, but your audience has just exploded. And what I thought was really interesting is about how you got started. You know, your passion for food and cooking didn't quite gel until adulthood, like I think it does for a lot of us. The pivotal time for you was when you got married and you had no formal training and you really wanted to learn how to cook. So your mom became your teacher and now you're teaching millions of people around the world. What inspired you to post that very first Instagram post or blog post? When did you first realize, all right, this isn't just something that I want to do for myself, but I want to now teach others? Oh, yeah.
1: I was on maternity leave um, from a corporate marketing job that I had. And I felt like I needed a project. I'm just that kind of you know, the person, the, just the personality that I have, I need to keep busy all the time. So at the time I was telling my husband, I want to learn more about nutrition because I have an interest in healthy cooking and I just love working with food and I want to learn more about this. And why do we eat the things we eat and how do we add them into our bodies more easily? And so on my birthday, he bought me a bunch of books and said, okay, start learning. Here you go. Just like, he just like what, what were the, like what were the books? books? I'm just curious. <laughs> um, it was food as medicine, you know, like, yeah. um, things like that, you know, those kind of books that, um, what, what are some of the other ones? Food blogging for dummies yeah. food cures, like 100 best health foods and why we should eat them. Things like that. Like a lot of them were more encyclopedias to of celery. Why is celery good for you? etc. And so he just like dumped all these like books at me. He's like, yeah, start learning about all this stuff. Why not? And I you thought, know,
0: one thing a mom has that nobody else has is time. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there was some of those moments where I was
1: like, I just, as busy as I am, I need more. I need to do something more outside of the mom thing. So um, I decided to um, learn publicly. I said, if I do this publicly uh, on some type of platform, it's going to hold me accountable to continuing this thing that I'm really interested in. So my husband came up with the name Feel Good Foodie. And two weeks later, I shared my first post and um, I shared a recipe that I normally would make. I think it was like a food salad or something. And I talked about one of the ingredients and what I decided to do was name a feel good fact. So like I picked an ingredient out and I said, the f- here's a feel good fact for you today. Peaches are very good for you because they provide X, Y, and Z. But what I realized was nobody cared <laughs> about the feel good fact that I was so proud to learn and share. People cared about the recipe. They're like, oh, can you share that recipe with me? And it was interesting because it was just the simplest things that people just gravitated towards. Um, and I did that for a few months. I just kept sharing feel good facts and people kept saying, what's the recipe? What's the recipe? And it just started taking off from there.
0: I mean, I have made everything <laughs> from your broccoli fritters, your banana bread. I'm buying more, I'm being smart about it, but I'm, I'm investing more in the right kind of cookware too, because that makes a huge difference and it yep. makes it more enjoyable, like nonstick pans and things like that. So you've completely opened, changed my world. <laughs> That's amazing. I, and it's so awesome to hear that too, because when I first started,
1: I thought, Oh, there's so many food blogs out there. I'm not going to be a food blog. I'm just going to be sharing like my pretty pictures of food. Cause I always love taking photos. And I said, I'm just going to share these pretty pictures of food and just share like things that I learned. And I don't think everyone knew this about eggs or about strawberries or peaches, for example. And, um, yeah. And I think it just was, I didn't realize how accessible it was and how easy it was for people to just gravitate to the recipes.
0: That so was really cool. Give the people what they want. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. Exactly. But when did you know you were actually onto something bigger? So you were doing all the right things, it sounds, in terms of responding to the community and giving yes. them what they wanted. But like you have over 2 million followers. And, you know, it's funny, before we were recording, you were like, I felt like I started late. Like there were already so many food influencers in the world how was i going to stand out and you managed to stand out in a relatively quick period of what was at least one of the early days earlier jumping off points well i think for me
1: a lot of it was just you know i would make these recipes and i would hashtag all these big accounts and when these big accounts were sharing my recipes it's like, oh, look what you know! Feel good foodie just shared this um, chocolate banana muffin recipe. Go to her site and get it. And it was like thousands of people would come, at, like, getting this muffin recipe. I'm like, my gosh, aren't there enough muffin recipes online? Like, all these people really <laughs> want my muffin recipe. But I think it was the fact that you know, shot it on an iPhone. It looked like a photo that you can take yourself. Like it was nothing fancy about it. It looked so accessible, so easy. And Hey, I use Greek yogurt instead of using oil. So people were like, I need to try this right now. So, um, I think that's, that was really inspiring just to see those like thousands of people flood just to get one recipe. And I thought, wow, like there's thousands of people just come into my Instagram page just to grab a recipe. Like, how could this translate to something bigger? And the other side of it too, was um, the first time a brand reached out to me to send me a product. It was Chobani yogurt. And they said, wow, we love how you use yogurt and savory recipes. And we're going to send you a couple cases of yogurt. We just want you to have fun with it, do whatever you want with it. I'm like, Whoa, like, you know, this huge brand is recognizing me, you know, I'm now part of this like food blogging community. And I think I'm feeling a need for giving people these different kinds of recipes that I thought there was enough of, but apparently not enough of. So it's that recognition from that brand too, that really helped to solidify something. So that's the point where you realize it's not just a hobby. Like these brands care about what I'm doing. And before I knew it, it wasn't, they weren't sending me product anymore. They were sending me money. And I was like, all right, we're onto something, you know, and they're like, Hey, can I pay you to make a recipe with this? And that's when I said, oh, wow, this is this is going to be huge.
0: What's a deal that you just won't do anymore and a deal that really excites you? The deals that really excite me are the ones that are full-time
1: partnerships. So for example, I'm a partner with Calafia farms, um, plant-based milk, and I'm not vegan, but I love to incorporate as much plant-based foods as possible. So I've been working with them for three years and that excites me because it's something that's so natural to the way I eat. I throw, I throw milk, a plant-based milk at my oatmeal every single morning. Um, it's just a very, I throw them in smoothies and, you know, just everyday common things like that. So it's exciting for me to share that kind of partnership because it's natural, it's authentic, and it's something that, people I think can really resonate with. Um, the, the deals that I don't really get excited about are, you know, sometimes it's just those one-off things where they want you to use something that you've never used before, um, that this just doesn't feel authentic. And so I just say no to those right away because I've learned over the years that saying more no's can help me get more yeses. So if I say no to all the brands that don't have a feel-good vibe to them, then the ones that do are going to see like, Oh, she is the person we want to partner with because she doesn't do those kind of, you know, partnerships. So it's a hard thing to learn. And over the holidays, it's the worst because I literally will turn down like $10,000 contracts and $50,000. like just a huge amount of money for brands that I just don't resonate with. Like, a butter company where the ingredients are not actually butter. It's like <laughs> hydrogenated yeah. fats. and like I cannot work with them, even if they're offering me an insane amount of money. So at the end of the day, I have to stay true to the brand that I built. And, you know, those wholesome feel good ingredients that I preach every day, I can't just ignore those when it comes to a contract with the brand.
0: I love this that you're sharing this because we don't hear this side of the story often about an influencer turning away tens of thousands of dollars. We often hear the opposite. And you're right because you risked looking like a NASCAR vehicle. Yes. With so many ads attached to you that the car becomes indistinguishable. Yes, exactly. And it's like, oh, now I'm doing this
1: butter and now I'm doing this butter and that's one. And I, you know, and it's so tough to turn down that kind of money. And I remember there was, there was an incident last year that happened and it was a company and they said, we want you to use this. And it was a huge amount of money. And I remember telling my daughter, like, Hey, listen, this is a really good lesson to learn here because this brand is offering me all this money. But I'm like, do we use this product? She goes, no, I've never seen you buy that before. I'm like, you're right. But this company has this other product that I do use and I have bought in the past. So I, you know, I turned them down and I said, but if you ever want in the future, I would love to use that product. So like two months later, they came back with more money for the product that was finally featured. And it was amazing. Like, and I remember coming back to my daughter and saying, look, like they want to work with me now with the product that I actually use, you know, as a company that does canned goods and frozen. I was like, well, I use your frozen fruit, but I don't use your canned fruit. So it's just like, it would have been weird if I made a recipe with canned peaches, like I don't use canned peaches, you know, Mm -hmm. but I do use frozen mangoes. And so it just made so much sense. Um, And it was interesting because I said no, and it was heartbreaking to say no. But later on that, yes, just made me feel so much more confident in the no that I had previously said. How has
0: your business changed your family's life? Um, we eat a lot. (laughs) I think like (laughs) we're constantly like, you know, where
1: I think every family has their go-to recipes that they make over and over again. And for us, you know, being Lebanese, we make a lot of stews. And, you know, before this, I used to just kind of have my go-to's always doing the same recipes over and over again and trying new things. When I would go to a farmer's market, I would try a new recipe or a new ingredient. And now it's like every week looks so different. (laughs) Every week we just have like, all right, this is what we're having today. And sometimes my kids love it. And like yesterday, my son yelled at me because he's like, why do you put the weirdest things in smoothies? <laughs> so it's just, on am like, well, because we've got leftover X, Y, and Z and this is what we're doing today. So um, yeah, so the way we eat is different, but I think it's really it's really fun because my kids, my kids get to try different recipes. Their palates um, can become more mature this way. And so that aspect of it has changed. Um, and because of my business too, our family life is a lot more flexible because of that, because I can be home with my kids. And if I'm writing a blog post because it's Wednesday at 10 a.m., but I need to go to school to pick up my kids for something, I can stop that and do that. So it's really given us that flexibility so that I could... Still maintain a healthy family life balance while working at the same time. Yeah.
0: You know what I love is just that you're, I recognize the ingredients in all of yes. the recipes, and there's not a lot of ingredients. And you know, you don't make it intimidating. Yeah. It's fast, it's something that pleases the whole family for a family that has young kids kids that are a little bit older and then adults, it's so impossible to find that one dish that's going to make everybody happy. Absolutely. Where do you get inspiration for your recipes? Is, Is that, is it all, because you said, you mentioned you were Lebanese and in the beginning you were trying to teach yourself how to cook more traditional recipes. Where, um, Where do you get your ideas?
1: Well, like you said, yeah, I'm Lebanese. And so a lot of the ideas, um, I try to share some Middle Eastern recipes that I learned from my parents, but I try to share them in quicker ways of doing them. Like, yes, there is a stuffed grape leaves recipe that there's probably not, Going to be the quickest way to make the recipe but for the most part a lot of the recipes i'll try to find a quicker way of doing it or actually including measurements that we never learned from our parents and so there's a lot of those tips that um i'll just modernize the recipe make it quicker or healthier i also have a good pulse on what's happening in the media traditional food magazines and social channels. So, and that's all social channels. So, for example, whipped coffee started trending on TikTok, which is a very young community, um and during the pandemic early on in March, everybody was making whipped coffee. So, as soon as I saw that, I thought I need to make this and, you know, put my own spin on it and learn everything there is to know about that. So, it's um it's important to be really timely with those kind of things. So, as soon as like day 2 or day 3 of tiktok becoming uh not tiktok whipped coffee becoming famous. I went ahead and made it and now if you search for whipped coffee, I'm like the second search result for Whoa. a term that has like 200,000 search terms a month, which is it's a it's a really cool accomplishment, you know, just to be on top of things like that. Um what started it? The whipped coffee, I think it's a really old recipe from I mean, if you talk to people um I think it's in Colombia or not Colombia. Um it's in South America. It's really popular. And they make something similar to it in Greece as well. And they call it frap coffee. And I think it's just some, part, somebody on TikTok was like, this is a recipe my grandma makes. And it just went viral. And people were like, what is this? And then everybody started making it. And so I was like, okay, I need to learn everything there is to know about this. So um, I started, yeah, it's called Delgona coffee is originally, you know, what it is and yeah it's just so interesting like how it spread and everybody was making it and i just remember there was one saturday that i shared it and there was probably like 50,000 people on my website that day just making that coffee just grabbing that coffee recipe which was wow. insane so um yeah so i try to keep up with a lot of that too with like what's happening on pinterest and tiktok and instagram
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and then another way too is i get a lot of motivation from Uh, my followers and I try to ask them, you know, what they want to see. And so they'll tell me, Hey, how do I use frozen vegetables in this recipe or how do I get my kids to eat more zucchini or how do I reduce sugar in this recipe because I'm diabetic. And so that all gives me inspiration to go back to the kitchen and say, you know what, how can I do more zucchini recipes and how do I make this banana bread with no sugar, but still taste good. So um, yeah, my followers give me tons of inspiration and I'm constantly doing questions with them, like, and asking them just for feedback for more recipe ideas. And those, uh, that feedback comes on YouTube. It comes on the blog, on TikTok, on Instagram, Facebook, it comes everywhere. So I'm constantly aggregating all of that, putting down ideas and then creating a content calendar for the foreseeable future to test those things and make them happen.
0: What is behind the scenes? Like, is it you and your laptop and an assistant who, who is on your team and your kids too. I know they help you with your videos.
1: Yes. Um, but they, um, it's basically for the most part, it's me, but I have a lot of freelance people that I work with. So, um, the way, the way it works is, um, I basically, do all the recipe testing all the photography all the editing and the blog post writing but i have a kitchen assistant with me that helps me chop chop up things wash dishes things like that i have a videographer that helps me shoot all the videos and his wife um also helps with those as well with editing the videos because that's not something i can do on my own um i do have like other people who help with social media with pinterest for example and with um like search engine optimization on my website, just to keep things super clean with all of that. But a lot of those people are just kind of people that I pay hourly for certain projects and certain work. But for the most part, it's me. And I'm really looking to just push, push this further and bigger and just get a team of people. And I'm really looking to finally hire my
0: first like full-time work person, like, you know, time to, time to do that, you know? So that's that's And insane. what would this person do? Like strategy, like what what's your ideal hire?
1: I want someone to be like my operations manager. So I want someone to um because I'm basically creating a content calendar. So I want this person to um basically say, "All right, this is what's happening and this post is going into production today. This one needs to be recipe tested again. Where's the photos for here?" and just kind of managing all that scheduling because I'm the one who does it all and you know, I'm constantly replying to comments on YouTube and on TikTok and things like that. And so I want this person to oversee the whole process and then fill in the blanks. Do we need someone to help reply to comments? Do we need someone to, you know, help, um, you know, proofread recipes, like things like that, you know, so they kind of oversee all of that. And, then I can just focus more on the kitchen. Like That's where my bread and butter, that's where I love to be. I love to be in the kitchen, testing recipes and photographing and editing them. So I want to limit my time to doing that and just having somebody more oversee the whole recipe um, production the way it happens. Because I'm doing between four and seven recipes a week. And so it's really amped up and every recipe is easily like a 12 hour ordeal between testing it, photographing it, writing it, writing it out, Um, you know, doing a video for it. There's just so much involved in every single recipe.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, I reached out <laughs> to you on Instagram, direct message. I mean, y'all, when someone has 2.2 million followers, I never get re- a response. Although one time, <laughs> once in a while, and that's, I don't know, maybe it's just the right time of day you're reaching out to them, but I don't know how you saw my direct message, but you did and you responded. Yes, and I respond to every single message. And so um,
1: I respond to every single person, even if it's just a heart or a thank you. I mean, uh, Instagram has these uh, little shorthand keyboards. So like I created a bunch of them for like thank you or so glad you like the recipe because most of the people are just sharing pictures of the recipe too. And so I created a lot of those shortcuts just to help me with that. But I will spend about an hour to two hours every night, just reading comments. And even on my blog, I'll get tons of comments and I respond myself to every single one of those comments. So some of the other platforms do get a little bit left behind, like YouTube comments are... I'm not so good about those. I try to respond. um, Same thing on Facebook. I'm not as good about those. Um, But my bread and butter is like the blog and Instagram. So I try to just, you know, keep up to date with those. Because, and I thought about hiring someone to take care of those comments. But at the same time, that's where I get my feedback. You know, that's where I learned that like, you know what, I had made a blueberry lemon bread that failed for like 10 people. Even though it worked for me four times, it failed for 10 people. I was like, wow, I never like, I never would have thought that. Let me go back and see what happened. And I tweaked it, updated it, made it a fifth time. And I realized something about the recipe, you know, or just yeah. like over and over again, just seeing people, oh my gosh, I love your tips about how to preserve parsley. And like, you know, <laughs> dozens of people sent me pictures of their parsley during the pandemic. <laughs> like, so it's so nice to see that. And I feel like as a content creator, you have to continue to talk to your people. You have to see what they like and what they what they're frustrated
0: about. That's one thing I would have never thought is that you put out a recipe. What if it doesn't work for 10 people? Yeah, that's why you test it. That's why you're telling me you spend hours, 12 hours testing just to make sure that it's going to land. Let's talk about money. Can you share a money memory from growing up? What was childhood like? Are you were you born here?
1: I was actually born in Africa and I was born in Zaire, which is now called the Republic of Congo. And then I lived in Sierra Leone until I was 11 years old. And we moved to Michigan because my dad had some family in Michigan. And we moved here because there was a war happening in Sierra Leone. It was a civil war and we never went back since then. Yeah. And a money memory... So my dad is a diamond dealer and he still is still today. till today he still works in Africa. But at the time when we lived there, his office was kind of attached to our home. So his job was basically to buy and sell diamonds. Like this is what he did for a living. And so my dad was like the best negotiator you'll ever meet. And I just remember like as a little girl, like, peeking into his office, like just listening in on the negotiations and the way he would talk to people and the way he would get the most money for a certain piece of diamond. It was just so inspiring and so interesting because he owned his own business and, you know, he was just, you know, he can, he can call the shots and the way he negotiated was just so interesting to see. It was so fast paced. Um, And so as a little girl, it was just like really interesting to see that happening and so one thing I learned from him was that when it comes to money, your grip on money can't be too tight or too loose. If it's too tight, you miss out on opportunities. Like you hold on to your money so tight, you get this beautiful diamond and you're like, I, I don't want to spend it. I'm not ready to spend it. And you might miss out on something even bigger. And if it's too loose, you just you spent too much money and you can become taken advantage of, you can miss out on future opportunities because you lose all that money because you've spent it for, frivolously. So I always keep that in mind, like in money, your grip has to feel just right, just balanced. And this visual just like stuck in my mind of like a hand holding money and just gripping it mm-hmm. so tight that it's ripping and opening it too loose that it's falling on the floor. And just that visual has really stuck to my to me, just in my business and in everything that I do. And so now as an entrepreneur, I, I spend like six figures on my business some years. Like this year, I probably spent maybe close to six figures and just expenses and just creating videos, building a website, paying people to help me, um, you know, computer expenses, all things like that. So it's important to spend money to make money, but you have to just realize how to spend it. So I love that visual of like your grip on money.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's so great yeah. you were able to witness that. That you're, you know, so a lot of times parents ask me like, "How can I teach my kid about money?" And I'm like, "Well, it's not even so much about sitting them down and talking to them about it. It's just doing your thing, but making sure you're giving them an opportunity to watch you do that thing. Whether that's yes. negotiating on the phone, paying your bills, invite them into your financial world." Yes, exactly. And it's, it's a fine balance. because
1: You have to find the right time to do that with kids and not give money too much importance, but not mm-hmm. give it too little. Yeah. So it's a fine balance with kids. And I'm slowly starting to have those conversations with my kids. Like I did that one time with that opportunity that I, I received and just showing them how important money is, but at the same time, how much more valuable your brand is and who you are as a person, you know, in your Your principles.
0: Has the success of your business and this incredible financial business that you've built, how has it impacted your family? What has it it afforded you guys? Or what has it shifted your roles in the marriage? I'm the breadwinner in my family. I I just wonder what are some of the changes that your business has brought about? Well,
1: um, when I first started in 2013, my husband is a cardiologist right now. He's a a very... um, very advanced type of cardiologist, a cardiac, what is it? Physi- uh, I can't say it right now, but he's a he's cardiac electro, cardiac electrophysiologist is what he is. And so he's been training for a very long time to do that. But I remember in 2013, 2014, 14, when I first started making money, he was working nights and he had to work nights in order for us to, and I had a job and he had, you know, Barely making money in residency, whatever they pay them. Um, but he had to work nights sometimes just to be able to um, keep up with our rent and things like that. And I remember when I started making money on Instagram, he was like, "All right, well, that's cool. I don't have to do that anymore." So, um, so it's been pretty good. But overall, I think we've just been we've been pretty comfortable for for a while. And so we're both um, we're both the breadwinners, and we are, we're we're just we live a very comfortable life. And so we're lucky to have that, so that money is not that big of a deal. It's And so now we can make decisions that aren't just reliant on money. It's not about like, how can I make more money working with brands? It's how can I build my own brand? So um, we're very fortunate to be in that um, situation.
0: That's great. That's awesome. What's been a money failure? I think for me, it was building an
1: app on Feel Good Foodie. And it wasn't a huge failure, but at the same time, it's something that my audience has been asking for for a very long time. So I tried building one um, a couple years ago, and you know I invested a little bit of money. It wasn't a huge amount of money, but it was more of just a huge amount of time that I invested in it that didn't come to fruition. So. Um, it is something that I still want to look for, look for doing in the future, but just in a different way. I think just in a smarter way that um, doesn't suck up so much time and actually can make money because the way I did it the first time, it just wasn't the right partner. It wasn't the right um, resources. And it just, yeah, it just was just ended up being a failure. And it is something that people want and could be successful. Just have to find the right way to do it.
0: It's hard to feel like you're not in all places at all times, you know, you mentioned yeah. your Instagram and this and TikTok. And it's like, if there was another social media that came onto the planet, would you join it? Or are you like good? <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I, have to I join- just feel like at some point you have to just cut it off. I, that's how I feel. And so what I do is I make the decision. Like when I, when
1: I got on TikTok in November, I deleted Snapchat. I'm like, all right, we're done with Snapchat. This is not taking my career anywhere. We're good with that. I think when another platform comes that I invest my more time in, I have to delete Twitter, <laughs> which makes me sad to do. But I think the 400 followers I have on there will, will understand. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> it's
1: just, yeah, you, it's know, balanced,
0: you know, I have a love hate relationship with Twitter. Also, it's, yes. it's, it's a complex relationship with social media that yes. I have. So what's next? What's next for Feel Good Foodie?
1: You know, I'm because of the pandemic and what's happening right now, I'm very comfortable where I am. But at the same time, I want to grow Feel Good Good Foodie to become a big publishing site. So I want to, I want to become, I want to be in the role that I'm editor in chief of Feel Good Foodie and have a staff working with me to produce the content that resonates with my audience. So I want to kind of build that. I think of like Martha Stewart magazine and things like that. I want to, build it to become this household name to um, continue to provide people recipes, but also answers, solutions um, for healthy living. And I really want to do a cookbook, which I thought was supposed to be 2021 plans. But now I think I'm homeschooling (laughs) 2021. You're going to homeschool and run the business at the same time? I -hmm. think so for now. I think we have to figure out what to do, but um, we're doing a hybrid Mm -hmm. program with our kids. So I would need to find someone three days a week, which is kind of hard right now because they're in school two days a week and the other three days.
0: I, yeah, right now it's me. (laughs) I'm going to do it. That's why I need to hire people to help. Well, I'm right there with you, sister. I feel you. And uh, again, this has been such a treat for me. I'm looking on your Instagram now. I'm totally making this lemon bread this weekend.
1: Oh yes. Yes. It is so good. It is one that people jumped on right away and everybody has been loving it it's it's so reassuring too when you make a recipe and you test it three to four times and you're like all right i got this it's going to be amazing and you put it out there and literally 100 of the reviews on the blog have been like this is the best lemon bread i've had in my life and so <sighs> i'm like all right good like it's just <laughs> like you because you put it out there you're like i hope they love it you just never know and then when you, what's been the worst what's been a big flop um you know that lemon blueberry bread i guess was the, the flop lemon but, blueberry but, bread. I, but i but you went so back it. you didn't you did not give up on lemon. i did so not back and i lemon. think the blueberry bread as well. Um, It just was so weighed down. I was trying to make it so healthy that it was weighed down with the honey and the Greek yogurt and just like not enough. um, It wasn't airy enough, just very dense, you know? So that was a big flop. Um, I think that some of the other ones, I've just decided to delete them off the blog. There were some really weird (laughs) ones. I was like, yeah, we're just going to delete this. (laughs) If I
0: deleted it, it never happened.
1: Yeah. Nobody has to know about it. I think I had one. It was like, vegan tortellini with cabbage and Ooh, something yeah, i don't know i'm like no, well, you lost me, you me a, a cabbage yeah i'm like tortellini no. can't be vegan because there's cheese inside of it so i don't know what i was th- but i made <laughs> i made a vegan sauce for the tortellini with like tomatoes and onions and then i threw cabbage in there to make i don't know <laughs> it was uh it was interesting. Hey. it no longer exists on my website it's gone <laughs>
0: it's only a part of our imagination at this point it's a memory (laughs) it's a memory yeah Yumna Jawad thank you so so much really so great to have you and thanks for giving us all the behind the scenes it's a lot of work it's a lot of good hard work we really appreciate you absolutely thank you so much Farnoosh it was such a pleasure to be on your podcast and um, look forward to you know hearing more from you as well Thanks so much to Yumna for joining me. Check her out at Feel Good Foodie. You're welcome. Seriously, the best, easiest recipes I have discovered on the interweb. I mean, guys, I bought an air fryer because her recipes included one. I'm a real fan, okay? Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope your day is so money.